you know, that one little ravine that we were in. You're listening live to episode one of Ty and Michelle Explore the Wilderness. <laughs> we're just go backpacking the same trail at separate times and then talk about our experience. Hello. Testing one, two, three. Can you hear me? I hope you're all out there on Earth or Mars or whatever planet and that your connection is good because I don't know if mine is, but we're going to find out the hard way today. (laughs) We're back on the island, Survivor Ghost Island post-mortem, and I've got two guests, hopefully, to uh, talk about it with me. It's been about a week since the finale and we are digesting and processing everything that happened and we're back to see how our opinions have settled in our stomachs over the last week and uh with me as always he was the problem with ghost island it's tyler b commons whoa 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 i don't want to say i was the problem with ghost island i picked the winner in the (laughs) preseason i had no problems this season i thought it was great and now i'm going to attempt to introduce (laughs) our Second guest, our good friend and millennial from Survivor Millennial vs. Gen Xers. Not just a millennial, a special millennial designated by Survivor itself to <laughs> represent all millennials. <laughs> it's Michelle Schubert. Woo! Hey, guys. Hello, I heard you. Yeah, yeah, good, I'm coming through. We've had some technical issues getting online today, but I think we're all here, and I think we're all sounding good. We're going to talk about the issues, technical and otherwise, with Survivor Ghost Island or or vice versa, I suppose. So I guess, uh, first of all, just how you been, Michelle? I have been really good. I just got back from Papua New Guinea long ago, and I brought back a parasite with me. So it was like a, a fun journey to get rid of that. And Somehow I knew that <laughs> sentence was going to end with a disease or a sickness or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is still currently getting rid of a different disease that I got on that trip, but um, yeah, mostly good. And back to back to work and back to play, so it's good. Yeah, our longtime listeners will know that Michelle always contracts something while she's traveling. <laughs> if there's one thing we've learned about Michelle over the years, <laughs> it's that. <laughs> Ty, are you feeling healthy? I'm feeling healthy. Finally, the summer weather is here. It's mm. warm. I get to go outside. I'm feeling really good. Ooh, I'm excited. Some... Excited for the off season. Oh, I'm so, I'm so excited. It's gonna be a nice long off season. Don't have to deal with Ghost Island or editors for a while. I can just kind of kick back. But I don't want to give too much of my opinion away instantly for Michelle in case she hasn't kept up. I want to hear your thoughts, Michelle, on the season and how you felt about. Everything that went down here on Ghost Island. We'll get into it all, obviously, but just g- give me your overall reaction. Okay. Overall, I I really did enjoy it. I'll, my caveat, though, with that is that you mentioned the editing, and that is that is something that definitely stood out this year that I would say was far, far less enjoyable than than every other season I've watched, to put it nicely. I felt like you could tell who was going home, instantly every episode and and if you couldn't then the reason they went home was never showed and yeah it just it wasn't uh it it felt like they they were highlighting 
hot topic agendas rather than just showing like the way the game played out. Other than that, though, I, I did really like a lot of the gameplay that took place. I enjoyed seeing different alliances form and stay and break. And uh, I actually, I thought it was interesting. They they kind of showed the skeleton of the game in some of the episodes, I felt like. They kind of showed the real reasons that somebody's game might blow up in ways that you really haven't seen that happen before. For Just examples being uh, when Michael told Angela, you know, too much, and she immediately went and blew up the game and you know, switch things around. And another, another point of that being when the, when Des, when she named too many people. And so Laurel got upset. Laurel would have gone along with that plan that she said at first, but as soon as she named uh, Dom or Wendell, it, you know, it, it ruined it. And so there were a few like keystone, I guess, survivor mistakes that were made that you could instantly see, Oh, that's not going to go well for that person. They shouldn't have done that. Uh, and so I thought that was kind of fun to see because I feel like other times the game is a little bit more vague why somebody does well and why somebody gets voted off. So what do you mean when you say hot topic issues? You were talking about that before. Well, I feel like there's like a trend in our society that's trying to say like, hey, do whatever you want and uh, like follow your own path and find enlightenment through following your own joy and path. And, you know, it's all up to you. And so because of that, they like, every time somebody says I got divorced, it like highlights it as like this amazing triumph. And I think we saw that multiple times this season. And it was just kind of in the, yeah, acting as if it was this amazing uh, personal triumph rather than, you know, anything else. And I'm sick of that narrative just because if doing the easy thing or doing the thing that you think is going to make you happy really does lead to happiness and enlightenment, then we would all be happy and wise. Wow, we're getting into it right off the bat. Sorry. <laughs> so I get I get tired of I get tired of like agenda or what what I view as agenda in the editing rather than just like showing like the gameplay. I, I love Survivor for the gameplay, so show us that. Yeah, I actually have. Almost the opposite issue in the sense that if you're going to tell people's backstories, I would prefer, I think we've talked about this on the show before, but like more complexity and depth to the people rather than just putting them all in these boxes of like divorced mom, divorced mom, divorced mom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's not interesting, you know, like it's interesting to have archetypes and have heroes and villains and people in the middle and stuff but those aren't so much tried and true tropes as just generic ways to describe people so that's sort of my issue from the other end like obviously the gameplay is interesting as well but like a lot of people connect to these narratives and I feel like the last couple seasons and particularly this season like there's not much narrative to anyone except for like the winner or somebody you know like we saw a lot of narrative on Ben for instance i feel like right but mm-hmm. like but this season i feel like i don't know much about Wendell or Dominic like i would actually yeah i would agree with you uh we didn't we didn't see so much of their character as we did just uh, a caricature yeah i think it's good to have those big categories that you can cat that you can put these people into at the beginning of the show. So like someone 
like uh, Stephanie Johnson, hearing her, you know, battle now she's a single mom and she's a fitness guru and all this stuff. Like, that's well and good. But then I want to move beyond that. And I don't think they're doing a good job of letting us meet the characters beyond the archetypes that they're immediately categorizing them as. Yeah, I would love to hear more about Stephanie, more about Kellen. But all I really remember of their character is that they got divorced. And Kellen was angry. Yeah. And played with her gut. I think I want to open the floor to who was your favorite player of the season by way of saying like what we're talking about. I think this is the reason Chris probably ultimately was my favorite player of the season because (laughs) the more we saw of him, the more you realize they couldn't actually put him in a box because he was at all times kind of aloof and overconfident, fun and bubbly, introspective and kind of thinking about his mom and her and the the emotional effect that had on him like there were these different elements to him that they couldn't really just shove in a box like they tried to do with most everyone and i liked that a lot about him i like when the editors have no choice but to show off how interesting somebody is like (laughs) I, i kind of felt like he was the most memorable thing of the season by far interesting yeah going going through that if we are talking about favorite players, I think for me it had to either be from this specific, from playing a character in a role, I think it either had to be Michael because he was such a strong player and I really respected that. And well, yes, they always played up how young he was. I think that um, A, that gives hope for the younger viewers of Survivor, which I think they're trying to capture younger viewers right now. But he was genuinely good at the game and people genuinely liked him. So it's not like he was out there and good at the game. He wasn't like a Bradley that kind of annoyed everybody and sort of played the villain role pre-merge, um, who people didn't like but was good at the game. But he you had, need a Bradley, though. You do need a Bradley. I will say that. He was probably, as much as I did not like him, I thought he was great for the show in a season that needed a villain. Because when we got beyond the merge there wasn't really that villain character. The most villainous thing was Donathan dropping truth bombs, and that wasn't, like, villainous. It was just he wanted to play the game, and he hadn't gotten to the whole game. Who was your favorite player, Michelle? Oh, don't ask. I don't know. Well, you didn't have to play with these ones. It's not like you're throwing down one of your friends or something. I'm just... I know. I know. It's just it's hard. Um, it's hard, but I, I got to say Dom. I gotta say Dom. Uh, he reminded me a little bit of uh, uh, maybe a more spicy penner. Like, mm. thoughtful. Uh, you can tell he was really smart. You could tell he was really personable. Everybody seemed to... Well, maybe not everybody, actually. But it, when he, he was in conversation with people, they seemed to really respect him. And then yet, he, he wasn't this perfectly polished specimen, you know? He had funny bits. He had kind of malicious things. He had, yeah. I just I thought he was I thought he was a fun character to watch. Yeah, and I think speaking of Dom, obviously the second place finish to Wendell there in a in the whole tie vote thing. What was your reaction to that? The the first ever tie. Oh my goodness. Well, okay. So here's the downside. I don't have a TV, and so I always have to watch the I always have to watch the episodes after they get put up on cbs.com. An old man comes and tells me what happened each week. Exactly! So I I always, like, my husband and I were like, okay, as soon as, like, Wednesday at about 5 p.m., we can't get on social media anymore, 
like until we watch the episode maybe that's going to be tomorrow maybe that's friday but like we can't get on social media because people post about it and so i was doing good i wasn't on social media it was the next day it was thursday and then like i get a message from somebody so it pops up on my phone hey what do you think about wendell winning (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) and so um so that kind of spoiled a little bit for me um a little bit (laughs) (laughs) just a smidge (laughs) um so watching it i you know at that moment when when they made a big deal about which urn dom was gonna pick which ultimately like what (laughs) that's the right reaction but then he's sitting there and he's talking about what if i went head to head and did the fire challenge like that was an that was a brilliant idea and and to be honest like if he i was sitting there thinking okay if dom really really tries to get wendell off like get him out of the top 3 it shows that he's afraid of wendell what if he just chose wendell and said dude you and me have been playing this together but i'm confident i can beat you so i'm taking you and the girls can fight it out for who's third you know i was thinking that could be a possible outcome and then he said i might take him on and I thought that would be awesome because it'd show like, oh, man, who's really got this, you know, this simple survivor, you know, ability. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was if I didn't know who won, I would have been super excited to see that. And then, you know, wondering if he was going to do it and then maybe let down a little bit when he didn't do it. But since I knew who, uh, you know, who ultimately won, I knew that didn't happen or suspected that didn't happen, I guess. So what, what did you think when Jeff started reading the votes out? Like, did you did you think, oh my God, he's about to just do it right here, or or did you think, oh, this is this a tie? Like, oh, wh- yeah. When he started reading him out loud, I knew it was a tie. I guess uh, yeah. that 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 I feel like that was an immediate response. I was like, oh, okay, it's a tie. And I've always suspected, with probably most people, that if there's ever a tie, they have that third person. That's why they have a top three now instead of a top two. Right, and apparently, apparently, Jeff said the same thing last season or, or the Culpepper season. I can't remember which that was, but I saw some stuff on the internet about how he had said, Oh, third place would be the tiebreaker. And then oh, okay. it just happened to come up because apparently they filmed this season after he said that. So it's just kind of a weird coincidence, but yeah, I, my, this is the problem with the fire making thing. I feel like that whole thought process you just talked about, like you're punishing the person who wins Final Four. Exactly. <laughs> because yeah, it puts I agree. them in a terrible spot unless they're with three goats. Right, right. I agree. I, I, I don't know if that's... Um, it's definitely... I suppose it, it creates entertainment, you know, and that's their goal. So sure. they are accomplishing sure. their goal. Uh, but it, does it make the game any better? I, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think Dom said as much he, in the post game that we've had over the last few days. He talked a lot about how like he would have laid down and give, given up on the Final Four challenge knowing what he knows now, which is just kind of crazy. Like you don't want a reality where Exactly. people don't want exactly. to win to get to final 3, you know. Yeah, because because in fact you know how he in, in this doesn't this isn't necessarily true. This is just my uh from my vantage point, it appeared that Angela was very upset and was holding a grudge against Dom for not taking her immediately to the final three. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering in which case in the case that he would have taken Angela instead, would she have been ingratiated to him enough to vote for him and he would be the 
Soul Survivor. Because Angela w- voted for Wendell to win. And I wonder how much of that was out of spite because Dom didn't take her, you know? Mm. So, because she didn't look very happy with Dom that whole time. And, you know, she made that known. I think they showed a, they showed a little bit of her saying something about that, how she was upset that Dom wouldn't just take her to the end because she didn't think she could beat Wendell in the fire-making challenge. So, yeah, I kind of wonder if that would have been any different. If Dom would have taken Angela and Laurel would have been on the, on the jury... The vote still would have been, you could speculate, five to five. Mm-hmm. Right. And Angela had voted for Wendell probably out of spite for, for Dom. At least that was my, my point of view. But Laurel would have still voted for Wendell, so it would have still been five to five. But then Angela casting that last vote, I do wonder if because she was taken to the end with Dom, if she would have, if it, oh, we, we would have seen it. Oh, that's a good thought. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that breakdown. I did like the point because we, we kind of broke down who voted for who and all that stuff and it seemed it really seemed like the strategic players all voted for Dom and the emotional players all voted for Wendell and I don't I don't know that it feels like as strong of a win for Wendell you know like I said I picked Wendell preseason but it doesn't he made the game it looks like he won based on one really strong relationship and then sort of people that were bitter about Dom kind of orchestrating their vote out so i don't well wendell won in all props to him it felt to me like getting getting laurel to vote and dominic even said this i, I was watching an interview with um why can i not ever remember her name vincheck libby <laughs> the one no the one we did not a, Vinche- not libby uh the one we did I a podcast with <laughs> no not libby vincheck he's oh my gosh the blonde person that has her own talk show now oh andrea, andrea. Andrea, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I was, that you got her first name, try to pronounce her last name. This is this is a just keep going. <laughs> All right, so Andrea interviewed Dominic, and Dominic was like, "As soon as the tie happened, I knew I lost. There was not a, a chance." Yeah. And I just, I don't like that it boiled down to that situation. Yeah. And as a reminder, it was Chris, Libby, Desi, Jenna, and Michael who voted for Dom. Chelsea. Kellen, Angela, Sebastian, and Donathan, who voted for Wendell. And weirdly, Uh-oh. reading the post game, and, and not only is that arguably the strategic players versus the social players, it's also the first five members of the jury versus the last five members of the jury. The last oh. five all voted for Wendell, which is strange. And the other thing that stood out to me is that there was a lot of talk in the post game interviews about how. The way Dominic handled Sebastian's vote out cost him a couple votes from like Kellen and Sebastian. Yeah, like that's what they said. Like, get over I, it. <laughs> but okay, also, I feel like yeah, I feel like we didn't see all the shenanigans that went down at that tribal council, and obviously we don't. You know, tribal councils last maybe four hours, and we see five minutes, maybe ten minutes, so we don't see everything. But I that just that whole situation sounded so ridiculous to me that all I can think is. Because they really did want you to like Dom, because I s- suspect they're going to bring him back soon, and they wanted he was he was the entertainment. It was the Dom show for the last few episodes, you know, mm-hmm. and so they wanted you they wanted you to like him, and so I wonder if if something he pulled during that tribal council was more rude or vindictive sounding than we saw, and so that they kept kind of liking him or something. I I don't know. That's the only thing. The reason I suspect that that might be true is because there was talk in previous vote outs about how 
he would like bully Donathan and he was mean during tribal councils. And that's not really something we saw. The way he was presented to us was just kind of smart and manipulative at worst, you know? Like, right. It, mm-hmm. Right. There's credence to that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember who it was that said it, but they they compared him to the the family and the mob boss, and I just I didn't get that feeling from watching him play. He just seemed like a, a really smart strategic player that had enough of the emotional bonding with people that he had. Obviously, he and Wendell were best buds for the entire season, and they knew they had to go against each other. But socially, he was definitely cast as being. A, a nice likable guy where he'd listen to people's opinions and then he'd sway them the way he needed to but nothing looked malicious or angry or and and real quick before we move off of the sebastian thing like sebastian's explanation that we got was that dom really made him think that he was safe and then voted him out or whatever and it's like that's the game and and exactly <laughs> dom's argument in the tribal that we got to see was well, it worked. Like, that's what I had to do for it to work. And, like, the fact that Sebastian didn't get that just seemed insane to me. Like, I, yeah. I've been pretty vocal that he seems like the dumbest player in the season. But, like, <laughs> and and he actually said in an interview, to his credit, I, or maybe not, I guess, I, he said that he might have had a few drinks before they went to Final Tribal, which sounds like something <laughs> you shouldn't admit in an interview, but... <laughs> yeah. I Especially, actually, when CBS does a good job of telling you not to do, not to drink before Tribal Council. Oh, do they really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, because of course, Ponderosa is just like one big party, and so they try to like, hey, it's going to be Tribal <laughs> Council in three hours. How about you put that down? Yeah, Libby told us a couple weeks ago what happens at Ponderosa stays at Ponderosa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, hey, speaking of Ponderosa and ties, like a tiebreaker, let me uh, oh. tell you something interesting. Oh, here we go. This is the juicy stuff that you come to On the Island for. <laughs> well, this is, I don't know if this is what happened, but it almost happened on our season, so I don't put it past anyone. On our season, there was talk at Ponderosa because none of us were, were happy with how the game was going as far as we didn't feel like there were any. I don't know, like dominating players left in the game. And right. we wanted our season to have a champion. You know, we didn't want uh, three goats to go to the end and one of them wins because they were slightly less bad than the other two. And so as the game was kind of shaping into what we were fearing, we actually discussed, uh, most of us at Ponderosa discussed forcing a tie just to make the final episode more interesting to viewers. <laughs> Um, and then since we had never seen a tie before, and at that time we hadn't, we hadn't known that there would be, you know, we, we suspected that third person's going to have to do the vote or something like that. And so we actually counted up. We're like, okay, so-and-so is definitely going to vote for that person. So-and-so is definitely going to vote for that person. That means all of us can spread it between that person and that person and we'll force a tie just to make things a little more interesting. Cause if you're not going to have a champion, you might as well have an entertaining final episode. And so I wonder... <laughs> And we didn't end up doing that, uh, but I do, but it did come across, like that came across our minds and we talked about that. And so I do wonder if they were all back at Ponderosa being like, Dom and Wendell played the exact same game. So let's just make them tie. You know, what makes me think that there's a chance of that is 
it does sound like something you would do if you were trying to organize that to be like, all right, first five vote for this one, last five vote for this one. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> like, way it's an easy, you, yeah. you remember who to vote for. It's easy to remember. That would be, that would be pretty wild. I, I don't, I obviously no one would talk about that because I think they'd get in trouble maybe. Right. I don't think CBS would like that, but uh, it, it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, it's almost too too good to be true. <laughs> it's a conspiracy theory. Just yeah. like all the conspiracy theories where like all the romantic couples that get sent to Ponderosa, like as soon as they get to Ponderosa, they just like hook up. I feel like that's half of Twitter during Survivor. <laughs> and then actually, yeah, Jenna and uh, Sebastian are a thing. Oh, yeah. I think that from this season... For our uh, TMZ count-up, we got Jenna, Sebastian, Bradley, and Kellen, and then no one's sure about Livy and Michael, but I think I've it's less likely than the other two, from what I can tell. I didn't know about Bradley and Kellen. Yeah, you gotta follow Bradley's Instagram. He always posts about her. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, follow, I follow about half of them on Instagram. This is the journalistic excellence you get from our podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the enlightenment. Definitely, that was one I found out early on in the season, so like it was easier to watch for, but it was definitely hard to see. Like It didn't look like something that was happening. And even Sebastian and Jenna say that they weren't really talking until after the show, from what I can tell. I don't know. There's also, not to question people's motives, but like as soon as they got together, they became Tarzan and Jane on instagram and like they, they posted like yeah. this whole thing about uh watch us in our first live vlog about how we met and how we got together and i'm like hmm <laughs> seems yeah. like an opportune time to pull this off and not to say i mean i think uh our generation has become opportunists on social media so it could be very real and they could just be like hey let's uh make the most followers out of this yeah, you know, that's something I've had a hard time grappling with, with like what you're talking about, social media stars or whatever is like how real it like, obviously, when they're promoting coconut water or something like <laughs> and saying like, I don't I, they didn't pay me for this, but I love this like or whatever it yeah. is like, y- you know, that's going on. But like, is h- how much authenticity are we seeing? Like this, I guess this is more of a question for <laughs> for like our entire society like what how authentic we are on social media but like it's just amplified through stuff like that it's like a it's a weird weird thing to to, yeah. to experience yeah i typically don't believe just about anything on social media as far as like you know like somebody's always posting a smiling picture i kind of assume oh, yeah. the opposite just that's kind of my my rule of thumb is if they're always like super happy smiling in pictures i'm like they're probably super depressed it's weird. Yeah, like, I don't believe that you've been on any mountains or any hiking trips. <laughs> okay, well, I can't... Okay, you can't fake some stuff. I guess you could if you're good with Photoshop, but I'm a grandma with computers, so... <laughs> oh, sure, yeah. You don't have a TV. This narrative's lining up really nicely. <laughs> I know! <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, it's just a weird thing, because, like, Libby posted... A series of Instagrams the other day, Instagram stories, I believe, that were like, man, I'm really not feeling great. Like, uh, I'm going to do a live video so I can talk with you guys so I can like feel better or something. And it's like, I I don't want to question Libby because we've talked to her and Libby was really great and nice. But, you know, it's just weird. Social media just makes you think about that stuff. There's definitely there was people on our season 
I won't name drop, but there were some females on our season who would go, would act, they would actually do that. They would go on Instagram live to feel better about themselves. Like legitimately. Legitimately. Like, and, and the couple times I've gone Instagram live, it's actually really frustrating because you can't actually say anything you want to say because people are constantly like, hey, queen. Yes, legend. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and and I can't like say anything because I keep asking questions about Survivor and which is cool. But if I'm on there to talk about something else, I can't you know I can't say anything. I mean, part of the answer to this question could be how opportunistic people are, like we're talking about. But what's your impression of people's social media activity once the season starts? Like, do you find that people who were successful are active or unsuccessful are active or are not active? Or do you find it just kind of depends on the person? Like, I know you obviously were semi-active on Twitter at the time. And I I think, like, I don't know what that says about anything because you you made it just about halfway, right? So, like... So it could be perfectly right on. I don't know. Do you have any theories on that? I don't think it has much to do with where you ended up. I think it has to do with how motivated you are to to get more followers, maybe. Like, I I really think... So you were, like, medium motivated? Yeah, like, semi. Like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, well, you know, for one thing, you you all receive, like, communication from CBS the day before they're going to release everything officially. And they give you like uh, options of what you can post. At least that was that was our season. Oh, so really? it wasn't like it, they were, I think, a lot more strict with us. Like we weren't allowed to post photos. Like if I had hung out, like I had hung out with Adam and Taylor came to visit me in Yakima, and I wasn't allowed to post those pictures because then they didn't want people to speculate. Oh, you and Adam and Taylor must be in an alliance together. It must be friends. Well, and must- they're they're still strict about that. If you've been following the news, apparently. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. There was a pair of survivors who I guess got romantically involved on the show and they posted a picture for a season that they have not yet announced the cast for. And there was a TMZ story about like how they're probably going to lose whatever winnings they might have and Survivor could sue them for like millions of dollars. So I think they still yeah, five million. are pretty strict on that. Okay, okay. Um, I mean, like, oh, so you even, even knew the number and you didn't know the story, which uh, <laughs> it proves well, that it's well, true. It's what we all have to sign, but that's crazy yeah. too. Because how many people who go on that show actually have five million dollars? <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're just basically threatening to just end your life. <laughs> and I think they've only ended someone's life once, right? Russell Hance. Oh, was did the they only do one. it to him? I thought they sued him for like releasing a boot list or something earlier. I don't know. Oh. I might that might have been hearsay, but but we could spread it like a rumor, anyways. <laughs> We could just pretend it's true. <laughs> we could just pretend like it's true and go, whoa. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm Googling it. Survivor spoiler exposes Russell Hans as his source. Russell Hans <laughs> wants to sue his tribe mates over contract violations. Survivor spoiler sued says Russell Hans leaked. So somebody else leaked it and blamed Russell. Okay. Okay. And it seems like based off the internet, they kept everything else in the dark after that as to what went down. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we'll have to do some more journalism on that, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I think people, you know, social media is important to people these days. And I think, I don't think it matters how far you got, because if you're going to be on, you know, episode one or episode, when did Steph uh, Gonzalez get voted off? Was that episode one or two? One. She was episode one. Okay. So like, 
I feel like she was quite active and, you know, was the first vote off. But I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I feel like it. if you're savvy with social media, you post at the right times and you talk and you talk about the right things and hashtag the right yeah. things. And I don't know. Honestly, the big thing that fans seem to appreciate is just interacting, you know, like, yeah, whether you're interacting with other castmates or with fans like those are the ones that seem to take like it, from Twitter, at least like Brendan Shapiro would probably be a popular returner for Survivor Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, Libby, obviously, and Bradley, I think, was pretty, pretty good. And other ones were kind of in and out. Kellen, Stephanie, other Stephanie Johnson. And uh, yeah, and, and uh, James Lim. He was on there a bit. OK, um, it's kind of a cool there was kind of a cool dynamic that I experienced with this season that I hadn't before was I was watching this season as a, just a total fan. And then I get on Instagram to follow these people that I'm watching that I am fans of. And so a lot of them, it said like, follows you. Do you want to follow them back? <laughs> and I was like blown away. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they follow me. Oh my God. <laughs> and so uh, that was like a really funny, uh, funny dynamic for me this season. Speaking of dynamics, I guess if I can attempt to get us back on track, not not that we're off track, but just <laughs> but just so we can cover a few more things specifically before we zoom out even more, I suppose. Like, we have the Dom-Wendell dynamic the whole season. They're kind of dominating. And I saw a good quote from Stephen Fishback in his blog that we always talk about endlessly, uh, saying that sometimes the best players make for the most boring television, and that was certainly true. <laughs> <laughs> and... Like, I wonder, because he also was talking about this dynamic of more and more advantages, more and more twists and turns and and producers throwing things in. We had Ghost Island, obviously, which we'll get to. And I'm curious, like, I think you played sort of during the advent of this increase. Like, do you feel like that limits people because they're afraid to make big moves because they don't know what advantage someone might have or they don't know what might be waiting for them at an immunity challenge or tribal council. Do you feel like the game would be more exciting if they cut back? Uh, I do. I personally do not think that it would have affected me on the game in the game at all. The, the the one thing it does affect that I'm sure you you realize and you see the more advantages there are in the game, the more men get advantages in the game. And uh, so and that's just I don't know if that's biological. I don't know what to blame that on. Like, you know, what what is it? Something like 13 out of the last 14 idols have been found by men or 14 out of the last 15. Yeah, I don't know, but like it seems it just sounds unfair when you say it. Like they should design the game where it's <laughs> whether that's yeah. true or not. Like uh, it sounds like a dangerous trend. It's it is interesting and it, maybe it did affect me because I didn't actually look for the idol nearly as much as my castaway companions. And I don't know if yeah, I don't know if that was kind of me just saying I don't think I'm going to find it. But then yeah, so I guess it doesn't it didn't it would not have affected me. It didn't affect me in the game. I looked for things, but I, I don't know if I had the brain power actually to do anything more than strategize relationally on the island. Oh, we doubt that, Michelle. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Uh, I think it's so hard because since the very beginning, there's always the idols and the advantages always produce hiccups. Yeah. You know, mm. that 
I remember Abby Maria, she got that advantage that let her skip the first two portions of the next challenge or whatever. She was the one everyone wanted to vote out. And then she got to skip the first two parts of like a, a you know, physically challenging uh, obstacle course. And then she won immunity. And so they all had to vote out somebody else. And so that was an interesting time, you know, where it showed that the advantage actually changed the game quite a bit. And to naysayers of the game, they probably said, oh, that's rigged. Look, she was the one they all wanted gone. And now she's the one that got to stay. Uh, but I think I think that's just kind of how it worked out. And the editors loved it. What, what do you think, Ty? Well, I think, it, well, it wasn't as big in this season. I mean, we had the same thing happen where episode one, everyone wanted Jacob to go home. But Jacob went to ghost island and so they got rid of stephanie first and then jacob it you know it didn't make a huge difference but i've i talk about this constantly that i think there are too many idols and too many advantages and it's not letting the game and it's not letting the players kind of speak for themselves their voices kind of getting drowned out in the big picture entertainment and i don't a theme like and i don't know if you want me to discuss ghost island as a theme but it all it did was negate me getting to know people um i felt like it took away well yeah i got to see kellen kind of play it safe one time and i got to kind of hear people's backstories a little bit i feel like something like that where it's well are they going to get an advantage are they not are we going to learn that they're a risk taker are we going to learn that they're not that doesn't outweigh tribal time of them interacting with their tribe mates let's talk about ghost island because yeah i (laughs) I actually, I'm just going to use, I've expressed much disappointment about it throughout the season, but I'm just going to use Fishback's words here because I thought this was a good summation of the general problem with it. One of the key features of any game from Survivor to Chess to Tennis to Monopoly is a clear set of rules. Watching players figure out how to optimize their position based on those rules is what makes games exciting. How could a tennis pro ever achieve excellence if every match the lines were in different places, the net a different height, and some days they used a volleyball? If the rules change with the tides, if every day a new mechanic enters the game, suddenly the very possibility of strategy becomes dubious. How do you make a plan when nothing is certain? I think he hits the nail on the head because... Well, I was talking about takes away from social. You don't like they didn't know Dom had two idols at the end, right? Or was it Wendell hanging on to two? I don't remember which one, but they only knew about one of his idols. So it's not it doesn't create interesting gameplay because no one knows except the one person that has it and the TV audience. So well, we feel like we're getting let in on a secret. We're not getting let in on a secret that is going to really create true drama because we know that they're not going home and i i feel it's a tremendous waste of time in a 42 minute episode to send someone there and have it be like sorry no game for you today like yeah what are we doing (laughs) yeah that's an interesting way that he that he that he said all that i agree a lot i agree to to almost the full extent because, and I do hope, I guess I, I guess my hope is that although that was an interesting idea, I hope that that's not the continuation of each season from here on out. That there's just, I hope that was kind of the, that was, they tried it. They tried to like spice things up a bit and see how it went. And they thought, okay, that was a variation, but it wasn't as good as the original. That's what right. I, I guess that's what I hope. And because I do, I think silent. it was an interesting, yeah, I think it was an interesting season. Like, you know, they had Redemption Island one year. 
Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was an interesting twist on the usual game, but I'm glad they don't continue that all the time. Yeah, and I don't know if Probst is just not trying. He he doesn't want the show to get canceled, but it bothers me reading the post game stuff and having him just be like, "We're surprised how well Ghost Island worked. It was so great." I'm like, "Dude, it didn't work. <laughs> we all know it didn't work." He is eternally optimistic about Survivor. <laughs> so, and every every season is the best season. Yeah, that's so true. Every every time. And every episode's the best episode. It's like, "Wait till next week, guys. You won't believe what's going to happen." <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, my favorite thing from this season is in the second to last episode he said or in between he said wow guys ghost island's gonna pay off in a huge way next week get ready and then yeah <laughs> the way it paid off was with <laughs> with dom picking one of three urns for people to cast their votes in which just i find endlessly funny yeah yeah i didn't get that my husband and i were sitting there looking at each other like wait we missed something what what did we miss one of one of those urns has to have like an extra vote, right? I mean, it's, it's yeah. Be... There's an extra vote, or yeah, or, I don't. E- yeah, I couldn't. I didn't even think that well of it. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't possibly imagine what this urn had to do with anything. He just opens them all, and inside one is just a paper that says, "You lose. You shouldn't have opened this." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's immediately shipped off to Ponderosa. Here, here's my favorite thing from post game quotes. Uh, I read interviews from Angela, Sebastian, Jonathan, Laurel, Dom, Wendell, everybody, all the final six there. And it was funny to read Sebastian, Jonathan, Laurel all said, and, and Angela, they all said they voted for Wendell because he had they had a strong personal connection with him. But what really cracked me up was Angela saying that she felt she had more of a chance going to the finals with Dom and Wendell than with Sebastian. What? Yeah. What? Uh... Did she give any reasons? She said that she thought Sebastian had a better chance at beating her. Huh. <laughs> huh. Try try and wrap your brain around that one. This this sounds like a, a rock paper scissors game. Like here here it is. Here's the quote: For a personal decision, it was horrible for me to vote out Sebastian. However, for a game decision, I felt for me to move forward, I would have to get rid of Sebastian. Who would not give him a million dollars? He's so likable. He didn't make anybody mad. Everybody loves Sebastian. He provided so much food for us, so he was a great game player. I felt I had more chances going to the finals with Dom and Wendell. See, that's what we talked about. That's the emotional people versus the strategic people. Yeah, I'm going to have to say that. You mean the dumb people? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to call them the dumb people, even though that might be exactly what they are. The people that don't realize that there's people out there who are also participating in winning challenges. Both Wendell and Dom won individual immunity. There's people that are also playing the social game, even if it's not like the buddy-buddy, hey, here's a fish that I caught. Like, You still have to get to know people. You have to figure out how to find a way to have people vote for you when you're on top and everybody knows you're on top. Well, this is the struggle with Survivor, right? Like, as a concept, like... It, going all the way back to the beginning, like it's this battle between is it important to be good at this? Is it important to be good at your job and to work hard and, and find immunity idols and do all your projects and like make your way up to the top of the ladder? Or is it important just to make friends and have friends in high places or people who like you that can help you do that rise? You know, like that's the parallel to the real world that is like. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's troubling or... Well, and it depends on the season. Because 
my season didn't care if you won immunity challenges at all. It didn't care much if you worked around camp, but maybe a little. But ultimately, we cared about your social game. And if your social game wasn't there, it didn't matter if you won all the immunities, you weren't going to win. Yeah, immunity in general, though, has long stopped mattering, I think. Right. Yeah, it matters for the guy that's on bottom. But when you're already on top, it's just kind of like, okay, you weren't going home anyways. So now who's going to buddy up to you when you have the necklace? But it's it's weird to think that you can be in control of every single vote. Like, know what's going on, lead the way to the end, and then lose because people didn't like you as much. And I'm not saying that's exactly what happened this year because they were pretty 50-50 split presentation-wise throughout the whole season. But, like, we've seen it happen before, obviously. And it's just kind of, it's weird. And it makes me, it makes me, like, sad about the world, I guess, because I'm just like, this is the way the world works. Like, you don't, it doesn't matter if you're good at something uh, as much as who you know. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's exactly Russell Hance's beef with the game. I don't know if you remember him saying that. You know, he said... This is a flawed game. I'm the best player in the in the best survivor player in the world, and I can't win. Um. <laughs> it's it's almost like it's a testament to not that the game is flawed, but that the humans who play it are flawed. You know, <laughs> like that's so true. Yeah, there's no way for someone to win without convincing a bunch of like dumb people that they were the best player. You know, <laughs> like. Just to be mm-hmm. reductive. I will I will say, though, that the island plays tricks on your brain. And when you, like, each step of the way on the island, you're, you're, you are. You're analyzing every other player and how every other player looks to every other player. And so I remember, and different people do, you know, value different things. So at some point, I, know, I remember one of, the, one of the people on our season thought that they were doing really well and said, like, well, everyone likes me, so I'm going to... But hadn't done much in the game strategically. And then you also see the opposite. Like, people will say, well, we can't let we can't let Sunday get to the end. She, you know, beat breast cancer, and that's like an awesome victory story. Everybody's going to just vote for her. And so, like, you have weird... These weird thoughts going through your brain all day long. Like, you thought unicorns were real? <laughs> okay, maybe not that weird, but... Well, or maybe. I actually couldn't do, like, single-digit math my last day in the game. But, but yeah, you are, like, weighing everything, and you're hearing what other people say, and you're wondering, is that true? Would they really vote for that person if that person made it to the end? More than me? Really? Did they not see what I did? Or, you know, and so... Yeah, I it, it is tough. So I don't think it's as cut and dry as it looks to the audience, obviously. That's the other the other half of the struggle, I guess. Yeah. And and we do got to keep in mind, you know, the editing is for our benefit. You know, they're trying to create characters and narratives that you like. It's almost like you could say life looks simple from the outside when you're looking at people's Instagram posts and Facebook posts. Mm. And then on the inside, it's actually much more complicated, confusing. Yeah. Is Ty still there? <laughs> I, I'm still here. I was going to say something, but then I was like, that's just too corny. Everyone's life is a story, and they're at the center. And it's hard for you to imagine somebody else going through the same thing you're going through from their perspective. So if you're put out there, or even like in work, if you see your coworker and that's the only time you see them at work. You don't see them out with their family. You don't see them out going out to dinner, like whatever it may be. You're out there and you're thinking about yourself and how you're being shown. And you're not 
you're not aware of all the different strategies that everybody's coming up with and everybody's thinking of. And it's the same thing in life. That's why you have these people that like, they think, okay, I'm playing this game strategically, fantastically. Like the, all the people that voted for Wendell probably thought they played strategically a fantastic game when to us, like the editors show us that it doesn't look like they're playing fantastically strategically. It just looks like they have an emotional bond to Wendell that that wasn't from necessarily gameplay moves of saving people, voting people out, backstabbing, uh, bringing home fish, you know, whatever it may be. It was just like, oh, Wendell was nice to me and I was nice to Wendell and we had conversations, which, yes, that's strategy, but it's not the outwit part of strategy. It's not the outplay part of the strategy. It's more... It might not even be out last because all those people are on the jury. It's kind of this fourth category that's unnamed that it's like, okay. Out friend. Yeah, out friend. <laughs> outwit, out, outplay, outlast, at grow bonds and fellowship and sitting around a fire talking. I got to use fellowship, one of my least favorite words in the world. <laughs> um, and it, it's like this hidden fourth dimension of the game that they don't talk about, which is why it's now sort of a social experiment than a you're out on an island trying to survive or you're in Africa surrounded by elephants and lions or you're in China trying not to get leeches or, you know, any of these crazy exotic places. Now you're out on a beach and you have to make friends and that's what's going to get you far and you might not be a provider. I don't know if we didn't really get to see it this season, we didn't see Sebastian providing, but apparently he was the provider. Ty, you know? Ty, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I turned all the recording off. Okay. I, and I, here's what we're going to do. You just gave me a great idea. We're going to have a show. It's going to be called Out Friend. We're going to get some witness <laughs> protection people to help us out. And we're going to take 10 people, have them fake their own death, start new lives. And then all they're allowed to do is open a Facebook account uh, and an Instagram account and... The show will be sponsored by Facebook, so we'll be well-funded. And then we'll have to... It'll be like a set amount of time. It'll be like a year. And whoever has the most followers or friends or both at the end of the year will be like the out friend champion. And we'll like throw in games and like different challenges that you could face in the real world. This will tie all of our social media stuff together. It's going to be great. All right. I think, Mike's I think back there on now. be something there. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no that that's that could work right that idea that we just talked about off mic i think that, yeah i think that could work sorry for my emotional outburst i was just i was feeling it yeah i i'm glad i'm glad we cut the mics off because you said some things i'm not allowed to to print you know <laughs> nsfw uh, you, you went on a long rant about not liking the word fellowship it was a little much a little too much but that's okay Especially for someone who works at a church you probably have to use that word all the time I refuse. <laughs> Not my jam. What word do you use instead? I, I ask people to hang out. <laughs> Fellowship is like, uh, there's there's like intent behind that. And while kind of intentional relationships are good, sometimes you have to form the relationships without an intent that you're going to get something from that person. Are you saying fellowship is like the Greek life of church it's like a, it's a loaded word, in my opinion. It's just a loaded word, and I don't like loaded words. So, I have a question. Uh-huh. So, yeah, we're still on track, so go ahead. Well, I was going to get us back on track with this. <laughs> I was going to say, so Perfect. then, moving, 
moving forward in Survivor, all these different themes and stuff, do you think they're going to reverse the curse and stop all these advantages and twists and surprises? I don't see how they can. Because if we're... Okay, so let's take the next season's theme, David versus Goliath. Oh, boy. On the face of that, David's not going to win. Like, you have to have some sort of advantage given to David, whether that's a uh, freaking slam Bathsheba. with stones or whether that... <laughs> Bathsheba, I'm not sure Bathsheba was an advantage or a disadvantage. I know, maybe you'll... Maybe Racing to get your biblical references <laughs> But in the show, like, realistically, if you have a theme like that, one try, it's going to turn out to just be uh, Navidi strong again. And I don't, I don't want that to be the case, and it scares me that they're going to do the same thing where you have two mix-ups pre-merge and you have all these shifting alliances and you don't get to know people. I just want them to go back to two tribes. You try to get to know people. There's maybe a tribe swap when it, if it's getting too lopsided, but you don't necessarily need that. They need to cast two teams and look at the people and say, look, I can see this coming down to 7-7 seven, seven, or I can see this coming down to even like 6-4 when we get to merge or something like that instead of it being like a an 8-2. Yeah. Well, okay, here's my theory. My theory is that they have intentionally cast these two tribes actually fairly compatibly. And the only difference is that, you know, one tribe either looks or has a story that looks more like Goliath than a David. Mm-hmm. And I think... So I think it will be more equal than it sounds. And then not only that, I think they want a David to win. So I think we might see slightly more intelligent people on the David tribe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think in hopes that they can have the story that they love, which is the underdog coming up and coming into themselves and coming out and having this great overcoming experience. Yeah, the literal David story that we had a few seasons ago they want they loved that so much they were like david what's the name that goes with da- goliath okay we got a season yeah, yeah there's no chance i'm not gonna think of david right every time they say david like even as you were t- going on there i was like god he keeps saying david what, what, what was he talking about he yeah. should come back and be the captain of the david like he really is in the literal and figurative sense the ultimate david yeah yeah <laughs> I really like David. I think I'd like him too. Let's get him on the show. Yes, seriously. Yeah. Help us help us out. He he would be a perfect <laughs> perfect match probably for our our vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Generally, the show is well past its prime and I I'm not like super optimistic that we're going to get another all-time great season because of the mm-hmm. way TV works now where there are a million channels and Everyone doesn't watch the same thing at the same time anymore. And Mm, that was almost true when Survivor started. That's how long it's been on. So, like, they did have the highest ratings for most of the Wednesday nights this season that I kept track of, which means to them it's working. And to them they're going to keep doing what they're doing. And I think we're essentially just going to watch a slow downward spiral, at least until the bubble pops and, you know, TNT stops making 10 original dramas every year or whatever like we're we need for there to be less shows for things to change I think and I'm not seeing that in the future soon you know like Apple just announced their own streaming service imagine once they have so much money just wait for that oh wow just wait for that (laughs) Disney's gonna have their own streaming service it's gonna be like we're gonna it's gonna get worse before it gets better okay so I have two questions on that the first one would be do you think that 
for, I don't know which one to ask first. So I'll throw them both out there. Address them how you please. One Objection, is, Your Honor. Uh, <laughs> one is what then can they, in your mind, how could they make changes to get back to like great survivorness? And then the second question or the first question would be, do you think that those ratings, sh- you know, they show that, you know, they did something right for a general audience. Do you think the audience is going to continue to shift a bit into like away from the old time, I guess, like Survivor fans into this new idea of Survivor? Well, and is that good or bad for audience? I mean, I think the question of what is a new Survivor fan is something that they're desperately trying to figure out. I think there's probably someone who works for CBS who is desperately tracking the social media habits of everyone who tweeted about Michael this season or something like, (laughs) I don't think they know exactly what that person looks like. I think just as a, uh, this is kind of, I'm saying this sort of jokingly, but like maybe this is why Jeff spends so much time in the audience during reunion shows. He wants to know who the heck is watching the show anymore. And like, to my mind, what would make it better is if they got rid of almost all of the advantages and went back to a more classical survivor thing. And I think there's a way you could spin that marketing wise as like a throwback thing. Like people love nostalgia these days. You could go for something like, like that maybe, but yeah, on a week, on okay. a week to week basis, I think they're just too deep in, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch really early seasons to know if this is something they've always been doing. Cause my memory fades a bit, but to my mind, they're increasing the thing you talked about earlier, which is, voting someone out and the audience having no idea why that person's voted out. I hate and that. I feel like they've done that more and more recently. And like that proves yeah. that they're really just in it for the shock factor and the going viral or something right. more so it, than yeah. the only one blindsided is the audience. Yeah. And I guess they're, I don't know. Do they think like we're stupid? Like we're just gonna be like, wow, what a twist and not, not be like, what the hell, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. That's I don't know if that answers your question. Ty, what what do you think? I think um and this is just going to show that maybe I'm becoming old and cranky. I think they need to and we talked about this last week. They need to stop just casting pretty people. They need to cast people that have lived lives and have stories. You know, like people like Joe Del Campo. We love Joe Del Campo because he's interesting to talk to and he's fun to have out there. You loved um, Keith, was it Keith Nail? Because he he was just this older guy that had lived life and he had stories and he knew how to interact with people more than just making them laugh or just ma- like, I it, it was an underdog story because it wasn't the beautiful muscular guy who won everything. It, it was like you had something to cheer for. Some guy like, um, Michael this season while he was young and one of the beautiful people that they hired like he did have a fairly interesting life where he graduated high school early and he's done stuff but the oldest person this season was 41 I don't think that's old enough that's just not enough life experience I talked to when I was bringing this up a few episodes ago I talked about uh, Lauren Rimmer like on face of it, no one's going to like her, but she lasted really long in the show, and by the end of it, I cheered for her every episode. 
because she, well, she had the single mother. She was also like a fisherwoman. Like she just had a lot of stuff going on. She had these little catchphrases and I don't know. That's kind of what I miss is getting to know the people. And like Taylor said, the twist, well, that creates hype and sort of the viral feel that everything is going towards now. I'm not a fan of the viral feel. I like the storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. I you you made me remember is it Bob Conrad is that a name Is it Bob Crowley That could be the it One Survivor Gabon Yeah he okay. wasn't he wasn't he the one the first one to make um to make a uh, like a fake immunity idol and he did it in a really weird way with like glue from a tree and you know, like, <laughs> that was an interesting character, but uh, mm-hmm. and like you said, he was older, and I I think you're right, I think, I think CBS or Survivor isn't wanting, isn't wanting older characters, at least not older characters who are going to do well or go far. They want, they want funny, funny older characters that you kind of like to vote out or something. Also, you just made me think, as I looked this up, the name of that season was Survivor Gabon Earth's Last Eden. Like the show <laughs> used to go places and do things, and now, now, like that used to be the theme. The theme was like we're here this year, and now they're in Fiji forever, so they're just trying to come up with with more. Things. Why? Yeah, I I want them to. Move. That's easy. I think that is it, what we're talking about, which is there's less eyes on Survivor, so in theory, there's probably less budget for Survivor. And it's just yeah. much cheaper once you're set up in a place with cameras and production studios and, and you know, all that crap to just stay there. Yeah, and Fiji has been really accommodating. Yeah. Their, their their travel industry, their... I just, even things that I saw while I was in there were, were interesting cooperation going on. Right. So. so I don't see them moving, which is sad. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they... Sad learn they're going to get canceled and they do like one last season somewhere else but antarctica survivor <laughs> antarctica the, w- the girls are still in bikinis. that one would just be outlast <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> but yeah I, I think i don't know i feel like we have to be the most pessimistic survivor podcast right ty <laughs> <laughs> i think there's a good chance of that but that's okay I want to see Survivor Patagonia. I think that would actually gain a lot of like trendy followers, you know, like people that are like outdoors now all of a sudden. Let's uh-huh. do that. Um, I think doing something like that. Like people know about Patagonia, you mean like right? It's sponsored or by like Patagonia outdoor clothing, like the it would be like a whole sponsored season. No, I mean like have that <laughs> location. Well, <laughs> the location. Um, and I don't know, or some, you know, really neat location that they haven't been, um, Mm -hmm. but that might be recognizable or like, you know, intriguing to the audience. Because, yeah, I don't think anybody really cares about Fiji at this point. Or heroes versus hero. (laughs) I can't even say it. Heroes versus (laughs) healers versus hustlers or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're fairly critical of... I think we tried to tone it down a bit this season for the most part, but like we're fairly critical of bad strategic play, even though we've never been out there and, and bad editing and, and like <laughs> boring episodes and, and things like that. But I think Ty, I, I hope you agree with me that, you know, we just, we love the show enough that we care about it 
and want it to get better. Like, if we didn't care for the show, we would have given up a long time ago and not spent so many hours recording this stupid podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I still, I love this show, which, I mean, you're only going to be disappointed if you love something enough to invest time and emotion into it. So the fact that I am disappointed by a lot of the moves that they're making just shows how much I do care and how much I do love this show. Wait, wait, quick pause. Are you okay? Yeah. Am I okay? (laughs) You said said you're only going to be disappointed if you love something. (laughs) No, yeah, I I understood. Like, if if you didn't love it, why would you be disappointed when it goes south? Yeah, I just kind of heard him saying that and thought, so Ty's saying if you love anything, eventually you'll be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, I just... I'm boiling it down to the NBA season is already over in my mind (laughs) because I don't care about watching three officials make this game go six years. I'm glad it's a sports problem and not like a life problem. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Strictly sports sports you know what mad men says about happiness ty it's an illusion i don't know i don't watch the show (laughs) it's not a trick it's an illusion (laughs) sorry that's an arrested development joke but i think what i was thinking is mad men has a great line if you haven't seen it go watch it it's one of the best shows ever made it has a line from don draper aka john ham or the, the actor's john ham and he says happiness is just the moment before you want more happiness Mm, that's so true because we're selfish i selfishly want survivor to be great again make survivor great again <laughs> dang it <laughs> lock her up uh, lock her up no <laughs> no don't you <laughs> no I, know, I, I guess i was gonna say with yeah uh despite any naysaying i am still gonna watch the show and oh for sure talk about it and love it and yeah we'll probably be back talking talking about it on this very podcast yeah are you guys gonna apply for this next season you know i wish you wouldn't ask us that every season and have us never apply <laughs> well i wish you would finally apply i feel like, I feel like we're disappointments <laughs> well i'm sure we are i that's when she she got really quiet <laughs> no you know what they say they say like if you want to change something like you be the change so you guys need to get on that show and make the change you can be the Hey, let's do it. We found out casting will will uh, cast people that know each other and went to college <laughs> together. So we might as well apply. <laughs> this is the this is the motive, this is the criticism we need, Michelle. I think we need to be called out for all our negativity. We got to back it up. Maybe here's maybe yeah. here's what we'll do. Yeah. We'll do like I'm sure they've seen every video in the book at this point. So we'll just do something yeah. simple. I think we'll do like a. What if we did? And and I don't know that. They've done this since Blood vs. Water, so maybe this would be a bad idea. But maybe we do a joint application and we talk about how we have a podcast about Survivor and we're all prepared to, like, we're much smarter than everyone else. You, you got to be a little overconfident, right? So we'll, we'll, we're talking about how we're much smarter yeah. <laughs> and the show sucks and, uh, and we love it and we want to fix it and make it good again. And I would... I- I like all of it, except if you... I don't think you should say the show okay, sucks. Okay, we'll, we'll just imply <laughs> that. And then we'll we'll talk about how we should be on a partner season. They should do another partner season. And we'll, and we'll like... I don't know. We'll, we'll spin it a little bit. I like it. I like it. 
What was your application video like? Have we asked you this before? Oh no, you you didn't have to so. do one, did you? No, I well, I eventually did. So they 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 did recruit me, but they still had me do send in a video. They actually had me send in three videos. And I think the one that clenched them was the one that was 15 minutes oh long. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Shoot. sure, like you said, I'm sure, like you said, they've seen everything. They've seen all of the spins and all the, you know, clever things and all the funny people. So I went with something they've probably seen before, but not the way that I did it, I guess. I started out with, you know, I, I went through the outwit, outplay, outlast sort of thing. And so I started out pretty much with a big lie on camera that actually kind of affected how they would have viewed me. Um, and then I, I implied that I was naked and you couldn't <laughs> tell that I wasn't. And then within a, within a little bit of time after I told a story about the time I sucked on a rat's tail, then I revealed that I wasn't naked and that I had clothes on the whole so time. So here's the problem. And so... <laughs> So, Two problems. So, one, before you finish, <laughs> one, I don't think we could pull off the pretending we're naked thing and have that work for for many reasons. Two, I just wear my tube top when I record podcasts. <laughs> two, you're forgetting that your life is in, is inherently more interesting than ours, where <laughs> you you've had like medieval diseases and sucked on rats' tails and like traveled. <laughs> the world and hiked up mountains and things. I think that might be a little bit of a difference, but, but go on. Okay. So then I moved into the outplay part and I just showed him a stupid human trick that no one else can do. And that is bending the independently bending the middle toe on my left foot. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty cool. And if you don't think it's cool, it's because you haven't tried it. And, uh, and then to outlast, I, uh, played the accordion for the next 15 minutes and there's no way they watched all that wow oh see that's a <laughs> that's a great idea is to do something really annoying and be like i bet i can outlast you. <laughs> i'm pretty sure i did i yeah i just sat there and played the accordion and i would do like the i would be going mm, uh, uh, mm, uh, uh, and then like you know slow it down like it was going to end mm, uh, uh, mm, uh, uh, and start it right back up <laughs> hey Ty, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> <laughs> that would be perfect. <sighs> I personally love the accordion, but not I know that not, not everybody does. See, this I is appreciate a good accordion. <laughs> this is why you got on the show, I think. Because <laughs> you could you could sarcastically play the accordion for an insane amount of time, but then honestly be like you know what but i really do love the accordion (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is a really high bar but we're gonna go for it yeah that way next next time you're on you're not asking the same exact question (laughs) have you applied yet no sorry (laughs) (laughs) we still got time right they at least got probably two more seasons in them hopefully uh yeah i think they're they're either starting to film they're probably starting to film season what is it 30 what, what season what season just ended right now 36 on TV? 30. i think Six. they've already filmed okay yeah 37. so they've already filmed 37 yeah. and they're gonna be filming 38 right now and so yeah so they will be probably like taking applicants and stuff in the fall and inter- interviewing people starting in like august maybe yeah perfect perfect timing perfect time for you guys to go out 
do something weird, contract weird diseases if you wanted to really be like me, and then <laughs> make a video about it. Ty. Survive it, survive Ty. that, and then put together a video by August. Okay, Ty, what if we get wigs like Michelle's hair, and then we just pretend... <laughs> That would that wouldn't work. I, I'm going to give up on that idea before I even finish it. Uh-oh. Thank you. I was like, please stop. <laughs> I don't know where you're going, but this just got really. I didn't weird. like where it was going as <laughs> I started to honestly, say it. Actually, honestly, I think they would like it. Where, uh, <laughs> I I think that might get you somewhere. Actually, as a less creepy idea, what if we just do like bad impressions of like recent survivors? <laughs> michelle would be easy because we could like just come up with an insane list of things that happened to us we could be like and just say it like really casually you know just kind of be like so i was climbing the mountain and then i slipped and as i was falling i was like oh my god i'm gonna die and then a dragon came and picked me up and flew me around and then when i landed i had this whole like dragon flu it was this whole thing but i'm over it now and it's good can you be falling off of a volcano or into a volcano oh I Maybe. mean, sure. We're open to any any new details. All right, this is a good start. This is a good start. This is this is the purpose of this podcast. Not to not to not yeah. to talk about Survivor, but just to <laughs> plan for our application. Yeah, are you gonna are you gonna be editing and and snipping oh, and a lot <laughs> for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I feel better now. I ha- oh, hey, do you want to talk about? Now, maybe it's too early to talk about how they're filming season thirty-eight and its returnees. Oh, is that true? I actually well, haven't seen I'm, that yet. I'm not sure. I, I saw I saw a Twitter rumor about it, and I wasn't sure if it was confirmed yet. Something about a captain's season is what I've heard. What does that mean? Don't know. I am the captain now. Uh, maybe they'll have like four tribes and have four returners and just have them be the captains of those four tribes. I don't know. Oh, interesting. Schoolyard pick at the beginning. That would be Ooh, a very interesting way to start a that season. Dude, that would be awesome. awesome. <laughs> that would be a fun, a fun twist. Well, they kind of had. Do you remember? Um, remember in I think it was the was the Africa season. No, it wasn't. It couldn't have been. Token chains, maybe. Um, when they had like immediately everybody just like vote somebody off. And they didn't actually get voted off, but they pretended like everyone was just going to vote somebody off immediately before even going to the camp. Oh, yes. They could, yeah, they could have some like, you know, schoolyard pick and then just like whoever doesn't get picked goes home. Sorry, <laughs> you're not in this season. Good try. Thanks for flying all the way over here. Well, the problem is that person then would have to stay in Fiji for seven weeks or wherever they take the, the pre-juries, pre-jurors. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll stay tuned. We'll definitely be back for David versus Goliath. I don't know if there's a premiere date for that yet. I don't think there is. I haven't seen one. Mm-mm. Stay tuned. Usually it's like August-ish, right? August 10th. Something in the teens. <laughs> something like that. All right. All right. But I, do, I have a quick question. So we haven't done this. We need a ranking out of 10 for this season. Ooh. Where do we fall? Uh, I wish there were different categories. Okay. Outwit, outplay, outlast. Okay, all right, all right. That actually, I don't know if that makes any sense in this context. No, it might not. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, characters-wise, five, maybe four. Wow. Out of, out of ten. Entertainment-wise, give it a solid... I give it a solid eight, maybe 7.5. Gameplay, 6.8. <laughs> 6.8, all right. So we got characters, entertainment, and gameplay. And theme. Oh, 
I actually liked the theme. I thought the theme was actually kind of cool. Like, I, I don't know how they could have done it better. Mm. I can only, you know, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. I liked, at the first, I liked the idea. I wish it wasn't so, yeah, I, you know how, you know, everybody, every, every episode had to say something about reversing the curse. <laughs> well, what would you, what would you give the theme one out of 10? I would have given the theme, I see the thing is first reaction when I heard that, I was like, oh, interesting. And so right. I would give it like a nine. How did it actually play out? I'd give it like a four point, just a four. <laughs> just a just four. A four. Yeah, so your score would probably average out to like like a like, like a six, a six. five. Yeah. Okay. Characters six point five. Uh, entertainment six. Gameplay four, which is all four points come from Wendell and Dom, and then <laughs> theme I would say one. Wow, harsh. That yeah. averages out to like three point nine. Maybe less. Uh, four point three seven five, according to my calculation. Is it okay? All right, all right. <laughs> Push the glasses up on the nose. All right, so I would go characters. I would give that a solid seven. We had some fun guys on early. Not as much late, but but early was pretty. That good. That was definitely my highest. When I say characters four, I don't mean I didn't like the people. I mean I don't like how much we knew or didn't know. I guess. Right. Okay. The development of the characters, because I I actually really did seem to like most of the characters that I thought were enjoyable. I would say entertainment, I'd probably throw this, I would say like a nine, because I let myself be caught up in the drama a lot this season, and I yelled at the TV multiple times, which never happens. So I was I was entertained, but then you have to, you get to gameplay middle of the road five, four and a half, something like that, just wasn't good. And then the theme, well, it didn't play out. I have to say I enjoyed looking back and getting to see the flashbacks. So that's probably about a six and a half for me, something in there. Okay. I was really hyped for it preseason. I I was disappointed in the no game for you, but I liked seeing the flashbacks to the moments in Survivor that I loved and moments that I continue to love. So nearly a seven from Ty, about a four and a half from me, and and about a six, five and a half, six from Michelle. So I guess best case and average season? I don't know. My (laughs) Best case they got to see. Worst case they failed. My problem is... The last co- with the last two seasons or so is just that I'm not really gonna ever remember anything about them. Like, there's not a lot of not a lot of memorable characters. Like, I'll I guess I'll remember the tie at the end. That was yeah. fun, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And I'll remember. I'll remember not remembering Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had forgotten about Chelsea until you said Chelsea. So <laughs> yeah, old standstill. But Chelsea, it's your lucky day because you get the last word on the island for the season the last mention is chelsea (laughs) we love you chelsea we love you chelsea Uh, any 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 last words ty before before i cut off your mic forever no that was it it was a fun season like my numbers showed i had fun watching this season i was kind of disappointed in the wind up probably final four or five episodes but also it gave me the moment to yell at angela and yell at the tv when she just went off and talked to dom and wendell so there was there was entertaining characters bradley i said was entertaining i didn't like him but you know i was made to not like him by the edit which was good um i like how this started with the the word no (laughs) 
I, <laughs> Wendell was great because I called him from the beginning and he ended up winning. I, I could go on forever. I think anyone could go on forever because I'm at the center of my story. But that's oh, it. Gosh. It was a good season. It was a fun season. It wasn't, it wasn't a top 10 season for me. Michelle, any last words? I, I don't think it was a top 10 season for me either. Though I... I enjoyed analyzing the editing, wondering, okay, why did they show Wendell give so-and-so that shell? He must mm-hmm. do really well. Um, so whether that's actually good or bad, that you can just tell so much from like a two-second clip, you know, I don't know. But I did enjoy trying to analyze and then, you know, see how it went from there, although fairly predictably. So that part wasn't cool in one sense. Yeah, not a top ten season, but I did definitely like Ty. I I enjoyed it. It sounds like more than much more than you did. <laughs> uh, but I love talking about it. You know, I love it. And I, I I guess here's what I'll say: I'm not here to play for third place. And this felt like a playing for third place kind of season in a literal and figurative sense, thanks to Laurel. So yeah, I don't know. Go out and live your lives, and don't play for third place. Reverse the curse. You have a whole summer to reverse the curse. Just a effing stick. <laughs> All right, well, my brain is turning off. So I'm going to go ahead and let it turn off and shut it down for the summer. We'll be back for Survivor David vs. Goliath. Thank you, Ty. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, everyone, Yay. for listening for the season. Thank you for everybody who joined us this season. Sunday, Libby, Jessica McKenna from the off book podcast thank you everyone and come back next time for survivor david verse goliath bye Good at making these things up as well. <laughs> that is right.